Titus explains right away, oh, this is Riku, she... She helped me. <laughs> well, first he's like, she's an Albert! <laughs> <laughs> like almost blurts it out. <laughs> yeah. How Waka does not pick up on this is beyond <laughs> What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the State of the Arc podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Kaysen. Uh We left off right as at the end of Operation Meehan. We yeah. are going to be proceeding forth to the Jose Temple. Uh, but there's a quick scene. Yes. With Kimari. <laughs> with Kimari. He's a... Uh, Tells us to smile, something like that. I actually can't remember exactly how the scene goes, but my note is with the text where um, he says, hey, you know, the journey's rough, but try to smile. And um, Titus says, don't worry, be happy, right? Which is yeah, the, don't worry, so, be happy, like, which is the quote. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, like, Kimari's telling him not to worry so much or not to, like, show concern or frown because right. it's going to bother Yuna. And she, they need to put that's it. on. Yeah, that's it. You know, they need to be encouraging and hopeful and smile, and so that she doesn't have to yeah. have so much. Of Even a if it's fake, you know, just yeah. put put the face on. Right. And so, but the text there, it wasn't "Don't worry, be happy." In the Japanese, it's instead of worrying, smile. Uh, yes. Right. But I like the English kind of using a, a song that everyone knows yeah. here yeah. in America. Right. Uh, but then he asks Kimari to smile. He's like, <laughs> I never see you smile. And he does the funniest smile. It's so funny. Um, it re- this whole scene plays out very similar to Kingdom Hearts, though. Oh, sure. The very beginning, once you get to Traverse Town, and Goofy and Donald tell Sora that their spaceship runs on smiles or on laughs, <laughs> something like that. And so he's got to pretend to be happy. But it was a, it's a direct callback to this moment here. That's really freaking funny. Yeah, it's really um, funny. Yeah, and I, I like how Titus says, um, sad. He's just like, it's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's, that's like the sad dude. He doesn't like smile or laugh about it or try to laugh it off. He's just like a yeah. pathetic smile, dude. <laughs> Um, Kimari. Kimari's trying. Uh, you know, another thing I kind of liked about this scene, though, is this is the first time Kimari actually speaks in the game. Uh, and while we have seen other mm. Ronso talk before this, it's the first time Kimari himself has actually spoken. Mm. And Titus is really surprised by that at first. He kind of, like, his face, you know, lights up and kind of his jaw kind of drops for a second. And... You almost expect this to be like, oh, like make a big deal, but holy crap, you talked. Mm-hmm. What? Go what? You actually talked? That's kind of like the tropey thing you would expect to happen. I like yeah. that that's not what they did. He just was like initially surprised, and then he just like is actually concerned about what he's telling him about Yuna, right? And right. he just talks to him like normal. And I feel yeah. like that, you know, not putting that sort of like... Uh, teasing or like maybe social pressure that might not be the right term for it on Kimari for having spoken yeah. which would make him be like less inclined to speak again yes uh, Titus just like you know talks to him like normal treats him like normal and the conversation just kind of proceeds I just mm, kind of like yeah, how, that that was, nice. that how that was handled so it was a really nice little scene there uh, you keep proceeding down the road. You kind of come to a branching path. Uh, going to the left would take you towards the moon flow and then yeah. Guadalajara Salam. The right heads off to Jose Temple. And so they, they kind of stop there. And I like how Titus is asking, like, how much further till we get to Xanarkand, right? And so 
they're explaining to him, oh, you know, we got to go through the moon flow and Guadalajara and the thunder planes beyond yeah. that and this. And then, you know, Xanarkin's at the end of all that. He, he asks whether they can just skip all of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like it, there's the question of like maybe taking an airship or some faster way to get there. Right, but right. they emphasize here, right, Yuna explaining, I have to pray to the faith in every temple in order to earn the final aeon. Right, you have to get everything and then... Right, each temple right. has to be visited and the, you have to you know, make a supplication to the faith of that temple, receive their blessing and then move to the next one in order for yeah. the final aeon to be unlocked, right? Right. So Waka says that's the summoner's training. She's got to prepare the mind and body all just to get ready for the final summoning. So that's the reason why they can't just like push ahead to Xanarkin. They have to stop at every single one of these temples. Okay, gotcha. Um, as they kind of walk off towards the temple, Auron reminds Titus that he should not tell Yuna that's ah, object. Yes, specifically. Yeah, mm -hmm. don't tell Yuna. Yep. Yep. Because he feels like if he were to do that, she would withdraw from Titus, from Titus, and uh, he doesn't want that to happen. Because um, because he wants to go with them, and he wants Titus to be with them as they go there. This is all part of you know his plan with Jack and everything, right? So, um, he says, well, what about my feelings? Like, why, why did you have to tell me? <laughs> He's like, I didn't want you to, like, become emotionally compromised if you were to learn, like, in a late stage. You needed some to other know point. earlier. Uh, okay, right? yeah. He's like, what are you talking about, me? He's <laughs> like, I heard you were quite the crybaby, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I like the way Titus responds that it's an internal monologue, uh, you know, his thoughts. And he's like, maybe when I was a kid, well, maybe a little bit now. You know, just a little. So, <laughs> like he's admitting it, just yeah, a touch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's still a uh, pretty sensitive uh, yeah. guy. So, um, okay. Outside of Jose Temple, uh, I really like how it's kind of like all. It's yeah, like it's, it's encased in, in rock. And then, like when a summoner is praying to the faith, it like yeah. like electric fields, sort of like hover the rocks around Yeah, it. it's so cool. I loved it. I thought that was really cool. Titus does too. He's just like, whoa, awesome, right? <laughs> it's yeah. pretty, like, awe-inspiring sort of thing to see. Yeah, yeah. But whoever ended up surviving that battle uh, with Sin, whether it's Luzu or Gata, you'll find them outside the temple here, and you can yeah, talk to them yeah. one last time. They'll both go back to be saved either way, and that's kind of the end of them mm -hmm. for the rest of the game. But if it's Gata, he's just like really unhinged from having seen his first battle and all the carnage. And yeah. he, he says that Luzu was like basically cut in half on this battlefield, which is just like holy fetch, right? If it's uh, Luzu who survives, he gets pissed that Gata died and he's like punching the wall. He's like, you don't understand, you don't understand. He's saying this to Waka, right? Which is just like, yes, I do. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> right. You're the one who like took my brother. And, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so that's kind of the end of the two yeah. of them, which is, I think it's fine, but maybe like a little disappointing that they didn't utilize these characters a little more. Like further on. In some mm -hmm. way later in the game. but Because I really liked them. I really liked these characters. But at the same time, it, it really does emphasize sort of the the trauma and the hopelessness of this fight against sin, right? It's mm -hmm. like people die, it's horrible and traumatic every time it happens. 
it's like basically hopeless to try and fight this thing. And I think losing one of these characters is a good way to emphasize that and the fact that it affects the other so much and that they basically quit and go back to be saved in order to like try to recover. Yeah, yeah. Right. Shows just how much this world is affected by sin in a pretty effective way. Yeah, and and honestly, like what else is there to do? Like once you lose that badly and something that bad happens and you just feel hopeless, you just have to go back. You mm-hmm. have to go home. There's nothing else to do. Yep. Is there a point here? And I can't remember. I should have written down specifically when this happened, but I did not. Uh, Yuna says something about, oh, she'll be fine as long as we're with her, right? And it's a point like as we're going towards the temple where oh. she says, I'll be fine as long as you're here. Yes, yeah, so Titus. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she, she says that to him. Mm-hmm. She says that to him. Mm-hmm. But the Japanese is not to him directly. It's everybody. Oh. I'll, be, oh. I'll be fine as long as everybody's here. Oh, right? I see. In is, is the that, English is that version, one of those things where it's like, um, like deaths, where it's like no. It she could, says minna specifically, oh, minna okay. meaning everybody. Okay, it's a specific yeah, and it's funny because um, in the English version of this game, it's a lot more romantic mm. than the Japanese version. Sure. The Japanese is a lot more general. It's less, it's a, it's less romantic, and it's more. Uh, it's less just about the two of them and more about everybody. Mm. Whereas the English version, there's a lot of moments where it's like, oh, you're here, so I'm okay. It's like, no, yeah. everyone's here, so I'm okay. And that's her. That's Yuna's kind of thing. An interesting difference. Yeah, I think yeah, I, yeah. I appreciate the English better there. I think so, too, as far yeah. as the romance goes. Um, but in terms of the whole, in terms of where, where Yuna's thinking, because she's not so much into the romance thing in general. She's got a, a bigger job to do, and sure. so she's kind of seeing the big picture a little bit more. So from Tita's perspective, I do like that in English, but from Yuna's perspective, I think the Japanese makes more sense, so either way. Inside, there's gonna be a lot to break down here, I'm sure. Yes, But let's temple. just talk real quickly about Isaru. Well, first off, there's another summoner there. Yes, Isaru. And this summoner was not a, a jerk to us, so that yeah. was pretty refreshing. Yeah, he's a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. He's got like his... Um, his little brothers. Yeah, little his brother. guardians. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was interesting. Passe and Maroda. Yeah. yeah. The salute we do is different than any salute you see in the entire game. Oh, do they though. not do this she does. Thing? She does this triangle oh. symbol. Hmm. I didn't pick I, up on I that. looked up to see if there was some Buddhist, Hindu-like, or some type of meaning behind that, mm-hmm. and I didn't really find anything there. Mm-hmm. Um, so later on in this conversation, they do they do the Yevon salute, but before that, um, she holds her hands in a triangle, and I don't know why. I've never seen it anywhere else in this whole game. That yeah. was the only point. So one that was thing weird. If anyone knows a, anything about that, let me know. As a quick interjection, somebody on the last video was asking about your pronunciation of Yevon and why Evan. you say it is Yevon. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there there is a reason. Okay, I actually have notes here. I've copied and pasted <laughs> this note forward from like four episodes because I'm like, oh, I forgot to talk about that. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to talk about that. So here it is. Um, in Japanese, they say Ebon. Ebon. E-B-O-N mm. is how it's pronounced in Japanese. Ebon. Ebonin or Ebonma. So there's a reason for this. The, the word Evon comes from, and so it should be pronounced Evon, it was pronounced Yevon with the Y. I, I don't know exactly why other than the Yehovah, whatever. But oh, anyways, sure. um, so the word Yevon, I believe, comes from the word Evum, A-E-V-U-M, Evum, which is an old religious word, right? So in Japanese, it's Evon. And Evon, um, Evum, E-A-E-V-U-M, 
is a temporal mode of existence experienced by angels and the saints in heaven. The word avum is Latin, and it originally meant like an age or an aeon, right? Oh, okay. But Thomas Aquinas identifies the avum as the measure of existence of being that, <laughs> of beings, plural, that, and this is going to be a technical, but I'll explain it in a minute. The measure of the existence of beings that recede less from the permanence of being, for as much as their being neither consists in change nor is the subject of change. Nevertheless, they have change annexed to them, either actually or potentially. As example, he cites the heavenly bodies, right? So you look at the stars, right? And it's like, hey, are the stars immortal? Yes. Are they unchanging? Sort of. They move in the sky. They move. They, they're, they're subject to the influences of change, but they themselves do not change, right? And so that's the idea of the Avum, right? And well, one of... What, stars aren't immortal, are they? Um, we're not talking about science. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Thomas Aquinas. So the idea... <laughs> it was idea about a thousand years ago. <laughs> you look up at the stars and night, they're always there. Yes. Kind of a thing like I should have prefaced. St. <laughs> Thomas Aquinas, for all those who don't know, lived about a thousand years okay, ago. Okay, okay. Makes a lot more <laughs> so sense. <laughs> it's a different kind of thing here. This is an old religious idea. Yeah. Um, specific to Catholicism and probably Eastern Orthodoxy as well. Um, so then there's another word that comes from Avon, which is Avaternity, Avaternity, and that is the proper sphere of every created spirit, and therefore the human soul. So the soul is eternal. It's not eternal necessarily, but it's eternal, right? It's, it's the essence of God, but still subject to some changes of other forces of nature, right? So at death, the body, the body's distracting relationship to matter's time ceases to affect the soul so that it can experience its proper eternity, which is how the saints are and all that stuff. You go okay. to heaven and you, it's almost like a loss of free will, but still an ability to do things and to be affected, but to, to only be aligned with the will of God, which means essentially you've given up the will, right? So you don't do things of yourself. You're just subject to the forces of nature, but you're immortal. Gotcha. It's interesting. It's an interesting idea, but I believe that's the, where the word Avon comes from, okay. right? And so there's two reasons <laughs> why I pronounce it that way. And often, because you, you'll probably notice as well that um, Mike says Titus, I tend to say Titus. Yeah. In the Japanese, it's Tida yeah. is, is the name. Right. Now you don't really hear that, but that's what I was... Um, that's the way it's like written out and stuff with yeah. the character as right. he's as he's saying stuff. We talked about that a little um, bit in the first episode. Yes, yeah. and so there are certain names that I hear and like Riku is Ryuku. I will I might call her Ryuku. Um, maybe I'll still call her Riku. I don't know. But I'm hearing the Japanese, and then I come to this podcast, and I'm trying to like remember. Wait, what's the English word for that? <laughs> so I will probably still call it. Keep calling it Yevon, which is actually a mix between. Uh, the, the Japanese and English. English. Yeah. yeah, it's um. Uh, regarding pronunciation of the main yeah. character, there was somebody, I know some guy was all frustrated. Like, how can you be mispronouncing mis mispronouncing the name of the main character on purpose? Why? I didn't. I named my character Titus. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you can name your I own named character. Him Done. Titus. Done. No more argument. The name it's over. of my character is Titus because I named him Titus. There you go. There <laughs> so you go. There you go. That's why I called him Titus. <laughs> no, it happens to be spelled the same as it's Titus. It's spelled the same, but it's pronounced Titus. But it's kind of like um, Titus. <laughs> so when we were growing up, yes, Kaysen, we'll, we'll mix them in love. 
just tell them the story. L M X M N L O V. Oh, that was Harvest Moon sixty four. I think when I came up with you that. You came right? up with a random name. Yeah, or something. I was just because they were naming your chickens, right? And I was oh, like, right. all right, what's this chicken's name? And it had like Chud and like all these funny little names, yeah. right? And then one of them, I was like, I didn't know what to write, and so I wrote down L M X M N L O V. But there was this funny idea in my mind that was you you can name your kid whatever you want but you can spell it however you want yes. too right yes. so you could theoretically have a name like L M X M N L O V that was pronounced Carl <laughs> <laughs> but but, it, but it's spelled L M X M N L O V and the Carl came from the Carl Malone poster that was in my room anyways so Olmixmanlov we'll right Pronounced Carl. It's just pronounced Carl. And so with this funny <laughs> joke was like, oh, the, the, you, well, my kid's going to be so funny. He'll be named Lamixim Love. And then the, the teacher will try to pronounce it in reading the attendance sheet in class. And will say, oh, Lamixim Love. And the kid will say, my name's Carl. It's and the teacher will be like, shut Carl. up, Carl. I'm not talking to you. Where's Lamixim Love? Oh, man. It was going to be so great. Did you ever bring I, that up to Breezy? I don't think so. You should have done it. <laughs> she knows very little about my past. <laughs> I should. I should do that now, though. Oh, it's just great. You it's need just so one funny. More kid. Now, I know. One more I have, kid, Carl. And I'm going to have another kid, but it'll be rough, you know, trying to convince my wife to, to name him Carl. Anyways, yeah. Whew. So that's why this is the thing from. We, if it, if for those yeah. of you who don't know, we met in Arizona oh. in like 2000, no, 1999. 99. We, yeah. we grew up through high school. 23. Like Wait, 23 years. Yeah, fetching a long God. time ago, dude. <clears throat> We've known each other longer now than like we were alive at the time. Yes, yes. Which is crazy. Almost double that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's unbelievable. All right. Tangent over. Um, All right. Yeah. So, uh, Isaru, the, the summoner here, and his brothers, mm. right? They try to warn Titus here oh, yeah. before going in. That's right. Hey, be on the lookout. A lot of summoners are disappearing. And th 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 this could be fiends, but not so many and so quick. Like... Something is afoot, like watch your back. Yeah, thing, yeah. Right? Which we'll get to in a minute. It's the Albed doing it. But, yes. Um, anyways, that's where they first sort of introduced this idea, like be careful, like summoners are disappearing like crazy. Um, yeah. Okay, now that's the end of those guys. We'll hear more about them later, I think. Um, I was starting to look at the mandala in the Jose Temple. This is the first time I really yes. paid attention good, to it. Yes, good, good. I hope everyone did. Um, or really paid attention much to the details of the temple itself. Yeah, um, yeah. So one thing that I think is in each temple, if I'm not mistaken, is the, the statue of the yes. woman and the man. Yeah, the right? woman and the man. The woman there is Unaleska. Yes. Who now we've had um, Seymour talk about a little bit in, the, mm -hmm. in that last scene at the end of the Operation Meehan scene. Yeah. He's trying to comfort Yuna and, and saying... And we find out more about her soon. Yeah. He's trying to comfort her and saying, like, let me be your pillar of strength. Yes. I think he says, as Unaleska had her Lord Zaon. Zaon, yeah. Yeah, so... So anyways, that's what those two statues are. It's Unaleska and Zeon. And I love like just looking at them. It's 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 really it's masterful. It's yeah. really cool the way they did this cuz right. it's not just two people. Like they represent things. Yeah. And like just the fact that she 
is so naturally clothed in her birthday suit, <laughs> and he is so head to toe, completely yeah. armor, clothes, capes, helmets, everything, flowing garments. Like he, he is so clearly like weighed upon by the culture and by material and by all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And she is free of all of that with yeah. her own separate constraints. But then they come together mm-hmm. as this meeting of like culture and nature. And it's just, it's it's beautiful. It's really, yeah. really cool. Yeah, uh, w- like like you were saying, we're gonna learn more about Unaleska pretty soon. But yeah. um, for now, uh, She's the first summoner who defeated Sin. Yes. The very first one. So that's why she gets the big, big statues. Yeah. And everyone else gets the little statues. Right. So those little statues that you see in the temples, those are other summoners who have defeated Sin in the past, I believe. So like Braska is at uh, the the ones up front. Yeah. Yeah. The ones on the front. I I saw a theory that, because there are other, um, what would you call them, other statues around. Yes. But then the ones up front have names, the other ones don't. Yes. And that the idea behind that is that the other statues are the summoners who died along the pilgrimage, who didn't uh, who quite didn't, make it. Who didn't defeat Yeah, him. but they still yeah. get a reverence, because people are still revering those statues as well. Yeah. So it's like, what are they doing? Those statues all look the same. It's almost like the idea of um, the the faceless hero, or the like, um, what is it? In Washington, D.C., there's the Monument to the Unknown Soldier, is what yeah. they call it. And it's mm-hmm. just, there's a statue of a generic soldier but it represents all of the soldiers who died, you know, yes, without right. being named and without their bodies being recovered. Right. And so you see all these statues around. Now, I don't know if this is totally canon, but someone brought that up, and I thought that was a pretty good that, explanation for what that I means. I like that. Yeah. I, I, that's actually really cool. I, I would buy that, definitely. Um, so, yeah, that's what that, that's, that's why, like you're saying, Unalaska and Zayon, the big, yep. most featured ones. Ben, Braska. Braska and, and the other the summoners. Uh, who have defeated Sin. So there's not that many who have actually done it. It's very we, few. We yeah. talked about that a little bit last week. I can't remember we if did. it was in spoilers yeah. or not. Because the idea was how long is a calm and mm. have yes. they been defeating it over and over this whole time or yeah. has it really been yeah. many, many, many times and only a few calms have ever actually happened. Right, right. Yeah. So anyway, that's what that is. And then the, the mandala in the center here is mm. pretty interesting. It's got like three circles. There's like an outer, a yeah. middle, and an inner one. And the one in the inner looked a little bit like, to me, like sun rays or maybe like an eye at the center of that or Mm. something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then in the middle circle was a lot of this electrical sort of energy. Yeah, kind of like sort of fire, but also just chaotic waves kind of. It it reminded me of electricity because this temple has so much. And then on the outer are these, this little symbol that has, they're all pointing in towards the center. Yep, yep. Kind of like the first one uh, at um, Besaid. Besaid, yeah, yeah. You know, these symbols that are pointing in towards the center, but they look a little bit like maybe a leaf or something. Yeah, like a leaf. It's like a, it's like a straight line with these sort of lines coming off yeah, of it on either side like this. But that allow it to come to a point, you know? Yeah. So maybe a tree, a leaf, or a feather, or something like that. Something resembling that, right? Yeah. Kind of pointing in towards the center of the... And there's a bunch of them. There's like, I think there's 32. I may have done the math wrong, but yeah. there's about that many. Yeah, they and they're go all, pointing all in. the way around the outside. Yeah. yeah. So, so this one has the symmetry that the previous one didn't have yeah. uh, because of this, um, the letter at the center. And so it's symmetrical, but all but still chaotic. You mm-hmm. know, there's still there's a lot going on here, but at the same time, it's a lot of stuff that's difficult to interpret because when you have the the pure chaotic forces of nature 
that is pointing towards and emanating from, because you've got the leaves that are pointing in, but then you have the energy that's emanating out from that center point, which yeah. is the light, which is also the electricity, yeah. which we're going to learn a lot of soon, right? But you see that the forces kind of meet at a certain point, but it's all more or less chaotic energy, which is difficult to read. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because when you, you need some squares or some uh, other shapes that make sense, maybe, you know, like, like a cross or things, other... Other items will help you make sense of this, but this has very few of that, of yeah. those things. It's mostly just, you know, the energy of, of, of heaven, it seems, because the yeah. circles tend to represent heaven. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to go into more detail on that in the spoiler section at the end. Okay. Because there is, there's also those two rooms on the side. Yes. And this is the cool part. You, the two rooms on the side, you go into the rooms and you see the electricity and where it's where it's coming oh, from yeah. it's attached to a root system yes looks like roots yes that look very similar to the tree in the dream that we had just in right. last episode um when titus goes swimming after sin yes in the first part he sees spirits kind of walking around these yep. bluish trees yep those trees yeah and, and you the, can the roots are exposed and they look like where the sources of the electricity come from. Yes. And we'll talk about what that means, as Mike said, in the spoiler in section the spoiler at section. the end. Yeah. Um, but at, for the time being, just understand there's a connection between the, the blue light stuff, you know, the electricity, and then the roots of the tree in the dream. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> so at this point, you go through the Cloister's Trials. Um, oh, real quick, though. The summoner that we meet, mm. he says something. He says, don't worry, I have no intention of losing either. Oh, right? right? Meaning, like, hey, we're both on each other's side because we're residents of Spira, but I'm going to be the one to defeat Sin, not you. Right? Yes. And, but, he, but they're being cordial and nice about it. But it's fascinating because even, even in a, a kind interaction between two summoners where they're friendly towards each other, there's still the element of a competition mm. between the two of them. This is huge for the theme of the game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely huge. And yes, it all goes back to the mandala in Besed, in that <laughs> temple. But um, it's like if you, aren't, if you aren't the one to defeat Sin, you lose, right? So like a playoff tournament, there's lots of competitors, but there's only one winner, right? Mm. So it's not like a game and a bunch of games and, oh, half, half won, half lost. It's like, no, everyone loses except one mm. in terms of being the one to defeat sin and and whatever that means they probably live their whole life just knowing that i want to be the one to me to defeat sin right um but it's like a it's like a game a little bit okay yep <laughs> we'll come back to that one for sure. <laughs> okay uh okay so um once you get through the cloister here oh one thing i took a note on here titus is a guardian now so they're just he's just allowed to go in with them Oh, but yeah, there yeah. was never any sort of yeah. When did that official did we miss initiation or ceremony or yeah. like ordination or I thought about that anything. He, they're just like you get to be a, a yeah, guardian. You now. weren't a guardian then. You are now. So this it confused me a little bit because it's like um, you know Donna's plan back in Kilika to like get Yuna in trouble was to like force Titus into the cloister yes. after her. So. It's, but it's like they could just claim he was a guardian. Yes. There's no like record. And who would know of exactly? The church that yes. says like, oh, Yuna has this, 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 and this guardian, and right. we've uh, ordained that or whatever. So like, what was the big deal? Yeah, it's kind of just. And... 
You just claim anybody as a guardian whenever right, you so want. Right, so even if Yuna got caught and got in trouble, she'd have been like, oh, he's my guardian. And yeah. like, who's to say he's not? Right. Because there's no, hmm. <laughs> uh, there's nothing official about this, as far as I know. Yeah. Maybe somebody else knows, but like, I, I thought that was kind of funny. It was just like, they just let him come in. And yeah. he's, just, he's just the guardian now. Okay. Uh, maybe it has something to do with Aaron. I don't know, like hmm. Aaron being there. But I, it doesn't seem to me that there's any like real process to this. Other I than would say we probably missed something. You ask. know how you mentioned along with Lulu changing maybe her tune towards Titus a little bit. Um, this could have been a, a scene or a brief moment that yeah. happened in between um, maybe at the end of Luca, at the Luca tournament. Yeah, where it's maybe. like, okay, he, we now perform the authority <laughs> and in the presence of these witnesses now <laughs> write it down on the records and he is a, he is a guardian. I don't know if that's how this works. I don't know how yeah. any of the Avon religion works, really. Yeah. I know very little about it, but um, it would seem like something like that would need to happen, and that would be a good point. Yeah. So I almost wonder if something like that got cut. Maybe. I don't know. But Just I love kind of how funny. Donna's guardian freaking loves Aaron so much. <laughs> I, I wrote this down, too. This is it's fantastic. It's just so funny. I love it. Because she comes in being, you know, herself. Yes. Like, and she even goes to him. She's like, "Who are you? Yeah, Get this she doesn't guy recognize who Orin yes. is. That's important. Which, right? is, which she is does not recognize Orin. Yes. Who is this? Do you know this riffraff Partello or something like that? So she, she must not be as well read as she presents herself. Yes. She must not be as in the world and and as knowledgeable as she seems to, you know. Well, this is pretend. Um, along those lines, this is another thing I was thinking about because. All the summoners we've seen so far, Yuna, uh, Belgamine, Isaru, they mm. have like a ton of robes and stuff on. Yes. Like very ceremonial looking. Yes. Like, very robes. formal. Yes. Donna's the only one who doesn't. Yes. Literally the only one. That's true. And I was sitting there thinking. Similarly, like, Seymour is the only of the maesters who also yeah. shows, you know. Yeah. So I'm thinking about this. It's like, <clears throat> was this just you know, a sexy character designed for the sake of it? Or is it that mm, Donna isn't not. really... It might be saying something about really, her She's not really a very devout or very, like, um, devoted yeah. summoner, necessarily. Like, she cares about other things, maybe yeah. a little bit more than, than what she's right. doing there. I mean, that would be fair enough. I, I would... It, it seems to be true to her character, and given the character design, I mean... As we mentioned five times now, Nomura said it all meant something. Yes. All the characters. So it, and so what does her design mean? It means yeah. something. We have it from the artist. It means yeah. something. So I think that's a fair enough interpretation. Yeah. I think that's good. She's, she's probably, the fact that she doesn't recognize Orin means yeah. that she must not be a very good or at least studious summoner. Yeah. Not, yeah. Like, like not that, it's not that important to her to understand the purpose of what she's doing. Right. She's just going through the motions. She's doing to it to win, right? To win, to win and the game. to become famous or to sure. have status or something right. like that. More about the appearances than yeah. anything else. She's also a bit antisocial, so I mean that would make sense if maybe she's like more of a narcissistic personality yeah. and that she only cares about certain things. Yeah. And less about, you know, yeah. companionship or friends or anything like that. Right, so she doesn't recognize nope. him, and uh, but he does. He does, and <laughs> he's guardian. like, "Can he's I so funny, shake dude. your hand?" <laughs> oh, it's so <laughs> it's funny. The, first time he's the way he's like too. posing when he meets with him, he's like, 
Oh, I, I looked up to you when I was a kid. Oh, please. You're the reason and, I became a guardian. Yes, and what's so funny, I was, I was worried for a moment because don't make, need, don't make needless enemies. Don't yeah. be so careless to make an enemy out of someone who wants to be your friend, right? Yeah, right. I was thinking Aurum was going to be like, I'm not touching you. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I really thought he would do that. And I was mm. so pleased that Oren just graciously shakes his hand and bows and, and uh, he entertains him for yeah. just a moment, you mm. know. I thought that was so good. I thought it was great. And Oren is a tactful person because he probably doesn't care at all about this guy. Yeah. He really would probably rather not even be talked to by anyone. Yeah. <laughs> but... He, he's willing to entertain somebody who otherwise could become an enemy. Kind of like um, like in The Incredibles, how there's yeah. that guy who really liked Mr. Incredible, but then he's like, go away. And so he becomes a supervillain yes, because right. Mr. Incredible was a little too mean to him. Yes, you know? right. So that, I felt like that was going to happen, and it didn't. And I was like, yes, thank you. Thank yeah. you, Aaron. Yeah, it was nice. And then, of course, uh, Waka and... Um, Lulu sort of like they attack. Team, yeah. They team up to kind They're of like, like wow, you team didn't know the on, great Oren. On Donna there. Right? <laughs> Calling the personal guardian of Lord Brasco riffraff. And then Lulu says, and you call yourself a summoner. Oh, so, so good. So good. Um, but yeah. Donna kind of turns this fact around on Yuna as well when she emerges. First, if you go talk to Bartello, he, he talks about, I swear I'll never wash this <laughs> hand again. Yeah. But when yeah. Yuna does eventually come back out, Donna turns this fact on her as well. It's like, oh, now you have Aaron as your personal yeah. guardian. All well, these guardians. Are you overcompensating for something? Yeah, yeah. and like, you oh. You must not be very confident. The, the daughter yeah. of Braska, you know, like, it, uh, yeah. you even have like Seymour looking at you now. And That's not her like, fault. Like, how about yeah. you stand on your own two feet for once instead of like relying on the fame of all your father crutches. for all these favors that you get and, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. She also says, and this was, this was very poignant, she says, uh, your guardians won't be able to protect you when the time comes. Yeah. And that was kind of how she ends. Her and last it's like, thing. oh, what is, first off, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, but second off, like, dang, like Yuna is, she's gathering all these people to her. Yet there's, there's this idea that at some point, just like Frodo with the fellowship, mm. you know, it's like, yeah, you got all the, oh, we got the king of, of Gondor and the wizard and the, the son of Thranduil, the elf, and oh, but but really, you're actually gonna leave all of them and go on your own. Yeah. And that was always the point. The plan mm -hmm. from the beginning was that Frodo has to do this alone. Right. And that's what Galadriel kind of yeah. shows him. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this story kind of has a similar feel to that. Yuna's just got all these powerful, powerful people, but there's something about it that's like at some point, she's got a thing to do that only she can do. Yeah. And they can only help her so much. And Donna yeah. just kind of like it hammers the nail that. into her heart right there. Just like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good stuff. Um, the next day, Yuna is kind of sleeping in a little bit um, when you go into the temple, into the room where she's at, the oh, lady yeah. standing next to her says it's because she she stayed up all night doing sendings. Yes, yeah, yeah. So she was up because like, of the Mihen massacre, right? Yes. So she was like, yeah, sending all the crusaders. Basically working tirelessly all night on that. Yeah. So she's you know she's sleeping in a little bit, and uh, when she realizes what time it is, because Titus goes in there wake her up, yeah. she she's like. This room, Freaking by the way, out. has that, the, the symbol yeah. the, with the roots and the electricity. Yeah. And so she's freaking out, like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I'll get ready right away. Yeah. And she sort of rushes out. And I mean, they don't represent this because it's PS2 graphics, but she's got oh, like her, bed she hair. She has bed head, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. um, 
she keeps apologizing and apologizing and apologizing. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, you know. And so they kind of tease her about it a little yeah. bit, right? Like, and and uh, everyone's kind of laughing about it. And uh, Titus is as well. He he he's laughing. He's yeah. but he says I hadn't really laughed like that in a long time. It was only later that I realized the only I was the only one really laughing. Then, really laughing. Or uh, the only one really laughing then was me. Laughing yeah. must have been the only thing keeping them going. So they're trying to kind of like you were saying with Kimari a little earlier, like manufacture mm. lighthearted moments. Yeah. Knowing where this is going because right. this is like I don't know the fourth or fifth time now that they've foreshadowed this idea that <laughs> they know. still haven't like completely explained yet. Yes. Um, everybody <laughs> yes. knows what where they're going and except Titus. <laughs> so he's genuinely laughing at the teasing stuff, but they're all yes. just kind of trying to manufacture a lighthearted moment is kind of like the idea behind this. Mm -hmm. Make fun of the previous laughing scene all you want. It was very important to the story. Yeah. That was my right. writing here. Right. Because that is, like, this is an example of that. Like yeah. a perfect example of, of like, what Yuna wants and why and how everyone has been trained to laugh. The yes. way that Titus was trained to laugh. Yes, right? exactly. And that's kind of like the, the main point of it, right? Is that they are, as Yuna was trying to get us to do in the laughing scene, mm -hmm. they are putting on a face. Yes. And filling the journey with laughter. Uh because they understand where they're going. <laughs> yeah. And they need to they need to be able to have those moments along the way to keep them from dwelling on that too much. And the only one that doesn't get it is the fool. Yeah, he's the only one. Um, okay, next scene is at the moon flow. Yeah, yeah. So you're gonna go back to that sort of fork in the road head left instead of right this time. Continue forward. Uh, the moon flow is kind of interesting. Um, Oh, uh, actually, before that. Oh, my next note is the moon flow, so. The Ronzo were on the path. Oh, yeah. Along oh, the way. and they give us another warning. Yeah. Hey, summoners are kidnapped. So that's twice now we've gotten that warning. Mm -hmm. It was interesting that they came to warn Kimari, not yes. just to make fun not of him. Not just to make fun of him. Even though they, they weren't do making that anyway, fun of him. And Kimari's just like, you came all the way here to make fun of me. And they're like, no, we came here to warn you. Summoners are Look disappearing. Out. Also, you're little and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then they leave. Their culture's funny, man. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, it's, it, that is a funny thing. It's like, they're still going to mock him, yeah. but they feel obligated to let him know about a, you know, a problem coming up. For so, whatever so they reason. they are helping at the same, helpful. with the same hand in which they're like backhanding Yes, him. it's a backhanded, <laughs> backhanded assistance. So, yeah, yeah but right. this is the second time now that they've emphasized that summoners are disappearing. Yeah. Like, watch out, right? So they're setting something up here. Um, so anyways, that was one scene that happens along that path before you get to the moon flow. Then you get to the moon flow, and they, this is where they begin to t tell you a little bit about pyreflies for the first time. I don't remember. Yeah, well, they're like come from the flowers, it looks like. Yes. It looks like they're being produced by nature and through the water, up. and the flower is the medium that... that pulls them up and puts them in the sky, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they've cool. even said the word Pyrefly in the game yet before this. Oh, I can't remember. I feel like they did maybe once, but I don't remember either. I don't. Yeah, I don't but know. this is the first time they really talk about them at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the quote here, they say that clouds of Pyreflies gather here when night falls, right? So into this 
moon flow, this area they're in. Mm -hmm. The entire river glows like a sea of stars. And then Titus starts getting an idea. I know. And hey, Arne, I got Arne. an idea. And, and Orange just immediately, we're not waiting. We're not fall. staying here. <laughs> but Titus is along the same lines as the player, which is like you're seeing something that's pretty cool. And then Lulu tells you how actually really cool it is. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I want to see that. Yeah. And then immediately it's like, no, you can't. Yeah. You can't look at that right now. <laughs> We've got something else to do. And I, I love that too. And then Titus is like thinking and thinking. It's just so funny. I and of course, it. his response again. This is, I think, the third time this has happened. Yeah, now. he's like. Then once we beat Sin, we're coming ah, back. Once we beat Sin, we'll, we'll come just come back. back and look at it on exactly. the way back. Right? And exactly. And everyone is silent at that comment. No they one says a word. They don't say a word. No. They're all just totally quiet. More of this. <laughs> more of the same foreshadowing yeah. we've been getting a lot up to this point. A lot. Um, it's beautiful, though. Yeah. I look forward to seeing how much more beautiful it can get. Yeah. Then you get to uh, an animal. You see an animal called the shoe puff. The shoe puff. An elephant, but they call it a shoe puff. <laughs> it's hard world. to explain. It just looks like the gentlest little large giant, you yes. know. It's, it's kind of walking, and, and Titus is just like, whoa. Yeah. Walking, Never seen that explains that it's a shoe puff and that they can ride on it across the river. Yeah. And there's like, oh man, let's do that, right? They call it a shupafu. <laughs> so in Japanese, I can give you guys a little insight as to why it's called a shupaf, because mm -hmm. <laughs> that's kind of funny, you know? Um, so in Japanese, the word for departure is shupatsu, to leave, to depart, uh. right? Shupatsu. And, uh, or shupatsu suru means like to depart, right? So in Japanese, a shupaf is called a shupafu. Shupafu mm. as opposed to shupatsu. Right? So the name means transportation, right? So you would depart on a shoe puff. That is to say, you would shoe patsu on a shoe puffu. And they mm. make that play on words. They make that little pun several times in Japanese as it goes. Oh, wow. Shoe puffu, shoe patsu. It's really funny. <laughs> it's really good. That's that great. little alien dude that's like driving yes. it, you know? Yeah, what are those guys called? They're I, called have, the, I can't remember. Oh, man, I knew this. I knew this just like. All I know is they're not represented among the maesters of Yevon. Hold on, I'm going to find this right now. Hi, Hypelos, that's what they're called. Oh. Hypelos. Mm. That's the name of that remember. little blue race of dudes that okay. drive the shoe puffs. Hypelos. What's really interesting is that hy the Hypelos seem to be the only race not represented in the Blitzball tournament. Like, oh, they have so they're like, not in Yevon or Blitzball. Yeah, they have mm. like they have like a Guado team. They have like yeah. a Ronzo team. Yeah, the Ronzo. <laughs> uh, but, and they have an Albed team. I know. But it's they funny they let them compete. They don't have a Hypello hmm. Blitzball team. I wonder they how many Hypellos there are. They don't give a fetch about Blitzball. <laughs> <laughs> but they look like aquatic yeah. creatures, which is kind of funny. Oh, <laughs> this, this does remind me, though. I should bring this up now. There was a comment on, on the last episode talking about the temple uh, before Jose, the temple at Kilika, and why the Blitzball players were there. Oh, yes. So right. the summoner of the Kilika temple... Um, a previous summoner was it one who defeated Sin or was yes, it a, okay. one of the ones who a previous um, summoner who had defeated Ohala, Sin? I think his name was uh, was a great blitzball player. Yeah. And Kilika being because there's no temple in Luka, yeah. So the closest temple Which, to Luka is Kilika. I'm really confused. The temple about. is the blitzball arena. Why is yeah. there not a temple in Luka? Luka is the most important place you would think. Except for maybe the capital city where like uh, or Mica is. Yeah, the but Luka would be certainly like the second largest. City. Yes. Yes. Why is there no temple there? The temples were built long ago, and 
That's a good question. So I don't know that. So I know any another thing, someone who's going to explain to us. Yes, somebody please explain. Then we'll bring but, it up next episode. But the fact that but, there isn't one there makes sense that the Blitzball players go to Kiliko, the closest yes. temple there is. Not only the closest, but yeah. the one that represents the, the place where the summoner who defeated Sin was from. He was from that place. Yeah. And was from he Kilika. was a great Blitzball player. Oh, Hala, so. I think his name is. He yeah. was from Kilika. He was mm. a summoner from Kilika, and he was a Blitzball player. Yeah. Yeah, that's So, so that's, that, why. that's why those three players were there. Right. Okay, um, now, the f- cool thing about this shoe puff that you see, yeah. it's got a giant, like, huge scar, scar on yeah. its back leg. Yep. And um, this really plays into, actually, one of my favorite moments of this entire sort of stretch of the game we played, which I had not remembered. I don't know if I just had not talked to Aaron at this point in the game before yeah. or just skipped past it, mm. but it's really good. Yeah, it's, it's very powerful. Someone in the comments had a different reaction to it, though, because they put a spoiler in the last episode, <laughs> and it was different from the way I thought that I would take it. So I'm interested to hear how you think this this scene plays out, and then I'll tell you the opposite position. Yeah, so <clears throat> Aaron tells Titus a story about mm. Jekt, that Jekt was drunk, yes, as he was wont to do at that time, and he thought that the shoe puff was a fiend. Yeah, just like Titus, he'd never seen one before. Yeah, so he was his, just like, what? His very first time ever seeing this, yeah. oh, it's a giant fiend, and he ran up and attacked it and yeah. cut its leg. And of course, it's a service animal. Yes, and, and it harmless. And belongs <laughs> to a business, yeah. right? So yeah. Braska ended up giving all of the money they had away yeah. in order to try to apologize for this. Right. And Jekt was so embarrassed and so mm. humiliated that he quit drinking forever. He never drank again. Now, this in light yes. of the scene we saw just a little while ago, the memory, where yeah. Titus in Xanarkand had said, well, why don't you quit drinking now? And, and <clears throat> Jekt was not uh, willing mm. for his son's sake, for his family's sake, for his career's sake as a Blitzball player, even though it was getting to be a problem. Yeah. He was not willing to quit. Drinking yeah. for his family, for his career, but he was willing to quit after humiliating himself here. Um, I can only imagine how much more resentment that would yeah. build in Titus hearing that story. Yes. As Titus was trying to ask his father to stop yes. drinking, he it's was like, like, that's what did it. It was, yeah. it was cutting a shoe puff and being embarrassed to have to give all their money away yes. and letting down his comrades right. that got him to quit, but he wouldn't quit for his son yeah. or his wife or, you know. And I could imagine Titus just like fuming hearing that story. This yeah. is the kind of thing that makes him even more resentful and upset at Jekt. Yeah. Um, and continues to build on that. So that's why I really liked it because, again, we're seeing a totally different view of Jekt from all these other people who knew yeah, him yeah. from Titus. But this is the first time where I feel like I can really see how that story would be justifiably interpreted in a way that makes Jekt look really bad. Yeah. Whereas before, it's like they're just kind of sharing this lighthearted nature, this... Um, loving, kind of kind person that he was, mm-hmm. but there's not like a, a way. There's not like a context that we see that through Titus's perspective, in which, no, like you're seeing this all wrong, kind of a thing, yeah. right? In the way that this one does, because we got that little scene in Xanarkand between Jekt and Titus about quitting drinking. It's like I can now see 
how Oren saw it versus how Titus saw it, and I see them both as being completely valid. Right, I know that's the hard part. That's the yeah. difficult part, is that both of them are valid in saying Oject was good and Oject was bad. They're yes. both right. Yes. And that's... Yes. That's just confusing. Yes. That's difficult, but that's human. That's life. And it's, it's so human, and yeah. it's so relatable. <laughs> um, and so I, I just, I loved the scene for that reason, because it gives more justification to, because the whole time, you know, we're thinking, oh, maybe Titus has got it wrong. You know, right. like maybe Jack really was a good guy, because we, we haven't seen necessarily the abusive father that he's portraying him to be. Yeah. Um, he, he, he's kind of rough, and he's like, uh, you can't do it, you know, kind of a thing, right. when he's trying to teach him the Jack shot or whatever, but yeah. nothing like too bad, but being an alcoholic, like a, a drunk guy, you know, and not taking care of his family, now I'm starting to see what Titus sees yeah. and the fact that he would quit for someone else and not for him. Yeah, this is great because so, so your interpretation was the interpretation of the, the comment that I had read on last episode. Oh, nice. And my interpretation was, was different and I <laughs> might be the only one who saw it this way initially <laughs> where I was like, oh, isn't that nice? Jack is give up drink. Jack gave up drinking, which means Jack is on a path to become the person that Titus always wanted him to become, oh. and he was becoming. He was on that path of of transformation, and that this journey turned him into the person Titus always wanted him to be, and that that's why everyone liked him so much because by the end he he was a good person. Now, hearing you and 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 reading the previous comment, I I understand maybe that may not have been intentional. That mm. it was probably what you're saying. It was probably along the lines of something to make Titus even more upset. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't actually read it that way at first. Well, I read it a slightly different I way, a little more of a kind interpretation. I honestly feel like it could be both. Like it could both be, Both yeah. things can be true. It's like, like, oh, my dad is, but why is he changed? Yeah, my dad changed to become a good person, but why did he do it for them and not for me? It, it might have taken Jekt being transported into Spira, having his life yes. turned upside down, and having an actual challenge yeah. again that gives his life purpose yes. that all of a sudden changes his perspective on there his own weaknesses yes. and makes him, okay, I need to make some internal changes. But in a way that you, yeah. you don't get when you're at the top of the world in Xanarkand, you know, a yeah. star blitzball player, and it seems like it, it's harder at that stage to mm -hmm. be in, uh, introspective yes. and to like look inside yeah. than it is when you've been taken down to the bottom again. Yeah. So I feel like the process of coming into Spira and meeting Braska and probably revering him, right? Yeah, yeah. Braska probably did well, a lot probably to help true. change Jekt yeah, or yeah. like change his perspective on things and helped him along that path. So yeah. it could very well be that this was one moment. So he had moment. someone to look up to. He didn't have anyone to look up to in Zinner. Right. Yeah. That along this journey, he did become a better man. Mm, yeah. And so that's what they saw of him in Spira, was the Jekt that was you know, kicked down to the bottom, Forcibly humbled, humbled yeah. and became a better person because of it. Yeah. Not the guy at the top of the world who was a jerk to his son, yeah. and to everyone, really. He was kind of just a selfish guy in Xanarkin. So both things are probably true in this instance. The one thing that's for sure is that, and hopefully Titus recognizes this himself, but Jekt could not stop drinking whenever he wanted to. No. He couldn't do it himself. Yeah. And so even though he said, I can do it myself, and Titus is like, ah, you said you could do it yourself, but you wouldn't do it for me, yeah. he, he couldn't do it himself. Yeah. That wasn't actually a possibility. Right. 
So it took something like this to to change him. And um, you know, hope I my hope is that Titus recognizes that you know despite what he said, he couldn't do it himself, and that that would lend to a more merciful interpretation of this scene yeah. along the lines of what I had, yeah. as opposed to, you know. Like, I think the reality the is other. Jekt really was on the path to becoming a better person, like yeah. you're saying. Titus won't see it that way. Right, no. <coughs> you're right. Yeah, Be- that's a fair point. Because of his internal resentment, but he yeah. has a justifiable reason to feel like exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. And that's what makes the whole, yeah. that's what makes relationships messy and mm-hmm. difficult, is, <coughs> yeah, a person can be this way and then they can change, but to the person who was wronged, it's very hard to, to let oh, yeah. that go, right? Oh, yeah. Like there's a whole oh, yeah. journey this person has to take inwardly to be able to forgive, right? Yeah. So it, it's just really, really well done. <clears throat> I really liked that little story from, from Aaron there. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. There's also a kind of a funny, um, there's also kind of a funny uh, story that Yuna and Kimari tell about her riding a shoe puff and falling off into the water, and he was all concerned, and, and then she got back on and jumped on purpose like a bunch of times <laughs> after that. <laughs> right. What a kid. As like a, she was probably 10 years old or something, but. Yeah. Um, My son Kai would do that. Yeah, and, and he was all worried, what and pain. she was like, oh, I'm sorry, and he's like, no, you had fun. Like, <laughs> Kimari's great, man, yeah. I love him. So that was a nice little thing, and again, <laughs> it sort of reinforces how long Kimari's been yeah, since she her. was so young. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so that was a nice little story. Yep. Uh, okay. Now, you get on the shoe puff. Yes. Before you get on, um, you go and you kind of arrange the ride with the. Oh right. Y- you see the um, the chocobo, the crusaders. Oh. They're trying to ride across too, and it's yes. like, no, nah, chocobo doesn't fit, and it's like, um, <clears throat> they have to find another way around, and it's going to take forever. But whatever, you yes. know. I'm pretty sure that was their last chocobo, though, right? So that yes, can't they abandon only have it. One more left. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to keep it. We'll find our own way, you know. Yeah. Um, but in the background of the scene, in the shop, there's a Triforce. Yes. Yeah, I was going to talk about this. Okay. It's the same symbol from one of the samurai clans yes, of the feudal era, Yes, the three right? dragon scales. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. cool. So you saw that too. Um, mm. This is a fun little thing. I, I call it a Triforce. It likely is not a reference to Zelda, yeah. just because the companies and all right. that stuff. It is likely a reference to the three dragon scales. It's a story that's like a thousand years old, yeah. but that symbol, just so for people who don't know, the, the Triforce symbol is not was not created by Zelda, yeah, yeah. by Miyamoto or yeah. Nintendo. It was it was first, you know, like carved out as an icon like a thousand years ago. Yeah. And it was um oh who was it? I'm what, pretty was sure it was it was the banner or the flag of Mitsuroko. One the of name. the samurai clans. One of the big families. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And they um one of the leaders had this dream in which a dragon had come and visited him. Uh, or I, I say a dream. I think it was a mythology. I think oh, sure. he, he, yeah. they would say it actually happened. Um, and then there were three. He left behind three dragon scales, and that was like a promise to the family of some good fortune. And yeah. so on his gravestone, he had the three triangles put there. Mm. And then the whole family, it became a symbol for the whole family after that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what it means. It's called the Mitsuroko, and Mitsu meaning three, and Roko meaning scales. But it's the three dragon scales. <sighs> good stuff. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Don't know how it relates to the game, but it's a sweet symbol. It's sweet. It's just, it's cool because it's a Zelda reference, but then it's even cooler because it's not a Zelda reference. <laughs> so yeah. we kind of went full circle there. One thing I forgot to say here. Yeah. You talk to Aaron again. I lo- this is kind of a thing. You, you got to talk to NPCs multiple times sometimes to get all the dialogue. 
Yeah. Uh, and this is something I, I've been talking about with uh, Pat Holloman a little bit, but also with patrons about the development of Spira's civilizations and oh, how yeah. uh, believable it would be, how little or how much it has changed over a thousand years in certain instances. Okay, and whether it's, like it's a huge, or not. Huge um, discussion around this. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was really interesting because, you know, about whether or not, how well thought through the question that's being posed in these conversations, how well thought through is the development and the world building of this really, you know, like, but one thing that that Aaron says, he comments on how little Spira has changed in 10 years. So he's been gone for 10 years, right, right. in Xanarkand. And now he's come back and he's like, this place has not changed in 10 years. He, and he says specifically, this place resists change. Hmm. You know what's interesting? Those last 10 years, that was the calm. Yes. So even during the calm, which they've only ever had a few times in forever, yes. um, they still didn't really progress much yes. or at all. And they haven't, and that goes With beyond the just the 10 years. It's almost the last thousand years. Yeah, yeah. The culture has not changed hardly at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it, I thought it was interesting, his line, this place resists change. Yes, it's a rigid structure yeah. with boundaries and limitations that are set in stone and that are immovable. Yeah. yeah. So clearly... You have, to, you have to break things like that. There is malleable. thought that has been put into why this culture has not changed. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we'll continue to learn more. Yes. Oh, I know we will uh, as we <laughs> continue to go. So I just wanted to point that out. That That's it's, good. it's a really missable little quip from Aaron, yeah. but just reinforcing this idea that this world is the way it is and it's designed to stay that way. Yeah. They don't want it to, to change. Mm. So there you go. Um, all right. So after launching on the shoe puff, Wok is complaining. Or no, no, he's not complaining. He's pointing out first the ruins of the ancient Machina city. Yes, because they're looking the down. River. It looks pretty mm -hmm. sweet. It looks cool. And talking, and he sort of shares a story about it. He's talking about how their their ancestors had tried to defy the laws of nature, right? Yes. By, by building the city on top of the water, uh, with like bridges or whatever that they had kind yep. of set up, right? And and um, I like how Titus challenges this. He's like, Yes, I don't. Are you sure? I, I'm not sure that that's really so, the reason. I like Titus. I like the fact that Titus challenges it. Yes. I don't agree with Titus's challenge <laughs> because Titus is like maybe they just really liked the water, or maybe they just they wanted to be near water, or it'd be a convenient way to get. Yeah. You can have a coastal city. Sure. Right. So I, it's easy to get around. You don't have to build your city on the water, sure. even with what Titus says. But I like the fact that he challenges it because Waka has not really been challenged in this way. And the Evon mm -hmm. religion in general has not been challenged in this mm -hmm. way, at least not very often. Yeah. So the fact that even though his, his, you know, in two seconds spur of the moment, ah, well, I don't know, maybe they just like the water and want to be close to it. Like, okay, that's not a good answer. But... He's thinking, he's working on it, and he's rejecting what he's being told. There could Something be Waka other can't explanations. Do. Exactly. Other than it's just the, the one he thought one of. That exactly. you've been told. Yes. You've been told they did this because of this. But there could be other reasons. Maybe I'm there was so something I'm not so sure else. about that. Yes. And this kind of yes, yeah. cascades into a bunch of questions about what's so bad about Machino in the first place. Which is what right? I think what he had asked um, Yuna yeah, a night or two previously. Yeah. And, and, and this is where Lulu explains, well... They Some had used good. Machina to wage this war 
and mm. it was that it was that war that yeah. is the punishment that we're still like suffering the consequences of, and that's why right. we don't use Machina. But he's like, but wait, you use Machina though in your in your, your Blitzball Stadium and like mm. all these other yeah. ways. What are you talking about? There's a list of approved Machina. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, and signed by Yevon Meisters. Yeah, it's like the church gets to decide which yes. Machina we may use and which we yes. may not use. Yes. And he's like, okay, well, which Machina may we not use then? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Which are the forbidden minds? And of course, Waka's response to that is, remember Operation Meehan? Those that ones. kind. The violent ones, the weapons. The, the weapons, yeah. the Machina weapons. You can't use Machina Which weapons. many things can become weapons, but Sure. Yeah. So anyways, I, I just like the scene because again, Titus's purpose in this whole thing is to like challenge the things that they believe and be mm -hmm. like, you know, think about this a different way. And of course, Waka's not going to have that. He's gonna, he's devout, but like he's chipping away at these people over yes. time. Right? Yeah, little by little. Yeah, just the fact that he's questioning at all is is something that Waka does not often have to deal with. Yeah, I I want to go <clears throat> into more depth on this, but um, I I we we kind of need to finish the game first. Yeah, <laughs> because he talks about the past and what happened. Oh, there was war, and the Machina were used to wage war, and we we don't know everything about that yet. We'll yeah. come to know a little bit more. Um, and then maybe I can comment a little bit more on how that parallels with this city. Yeah. My notes in general, though, is that the Machina was built on a bridge and the weight of the city caused it to sink. But this is really rich. Like, just mm. this story can be turned into a thousand mythologies in a mm. hundred different ways, into a different, you know, it's, it just, it's, it's too perfect, right? So it's a city that grew too ambitious and too prideful, built above the water on an unstable foundation and was destroyed by its own weight sinking into the water. You could say the weight was the size of the city or the immensity of its sins. You could say it was built on a poor foundation, being a bridge, but the city was also founded on Machina, being the mm. foundation, right? There's like, there's different, you know, layers to like what the foundation of a, of a city can be, and it goes all the way down. You could say they lived like Xanarchans, separate from nature, accomplishing that which was impossible until nature did what nature does, and the city was brought to ruin in the water, which is the flow of time, just right. that, that, what do they say, father time is undefeated, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. It, it. It's inevitable. This will happen. And, and the, the river, the flow of a river is like the flow of time, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a brief story that Lulu tells, but stories like this are metaphorical in nature and always reveal a lot more than just surface level stuff seems to convey. So I'm sure that this city was used as a Sodom and Gomorrah type of example of like, don't do what they did. See, their city's mm -hmm. blown up and look at it. It's, you can see the ruins. Let me tell you how this happened, and yeah. who knows if it's accurate or not. Like, this is why it happened. Okay, yeah. sure. Like, <clears throat> and there may be more or less levels of truth to what they say, but there's almost always more to the story than this one thing. This is why it happened, right? right. It could have just been an accident. Although building your city over a, a river, you're you're betting on zero accidents. So yeah. the hubris of doing it in the first place, and then even if one accident happens, it's like, well, yeah. I mean, come on, you guys aren't perfect, right? Yeah. <clears throat> but this is a Sodom and Gomorrah story. This is this is the equivalent to Sodom and Gomorrah in the religion of Yevon, right? Yeah. This is what happens. Yeah. So it also could be a flood narrative as the waters may have risen to engulf the city um, in a way they didn't expect, right? But um, for all we know in Final Fantasy X, those stories may not be purely fictional, but my point is it's an, it doesn't have to tell the whole truth, right? Yeah. It could be an element here and there. But I still have the, the question of, um, 
If a foolish man builds his house on the sand, what does that say about the person who builds their house over a river? On, on water. And, <laughs> and if, if building your house on water isn't so wise, then these people built it in the air above the water. <laughs> like it's not even a floating city. It's, it's in the air. Yeah. Above water. <laughs> Like, I don't know. I, I mean, we're levels of, of the absence of wisdom at this point. So like, Hubris. I, it, right? Yes. And in many respects, it's like, okay, you can agree with Waka to an extent, but that doesn't mean that, that the dogma that he's been taught is 100% true, right? Sure. And that also doesn't mean that Titus was right in his response either. I just mm. think there's a lot. There's a lot more to it than that. Yeah. So this is where the, the Albed show up and kidnap Yuma. And yeah, they drag super her quick. underwater. They just like hop up and pull her down. Mm -hmm. super and so fast. again, only Titus and Waka fight in this battle underwater. Right? They dive down yeah. to save her. You know, just the two of them, because they're the only ones trained to fight underwater or yep. to hold their breath that long. Did you notice anything about this boss you fight, the machine? I mean, I probably should have, but no. It's the same machine that you fought on the Albed ship earlier. And it's it like, is the it's same like machine? bandaged up. <laughs> so it was that same it's machine same earlier. Machine oh my gosh. Because I thought, because um, Titus was looking around the ship and was like, I don't know if it's the same ship or not. Yeah. And his conclusion was it was not. Yes. But it was. Well, at least this machine that he fought okay. was the same machine. Was the person in the machine the that's, same person? I don't know if it was piloted <laughs> by the same person or not. That is but, funny, dude. But it would be, it would, I would think so. I would think so too. I, I for some reason, I didn't quite connect that. Because she's involved in this plan to yeah. kidnap the summoners yes. as an Albed. That could easily have been her in the previous Anyways, this That's is something then. some people brought up uh, yeah. for the last episode we uploaded, which was episode, was it four or five we uploaded just now? Five. Five. Yeah, because um, this will be seven. There were people commenting on um, how uh, the, the, the reason the Albed kidnapped Yuna was not just about the ransom for the Blitzball game, right? Mm. And I, I was trying to say... I know, but we're not... We're, we're, we're not, not getting revealing into things yet. before they get to them. Yes. When they're revealed, we'll circle back Absolutely. to it and Absolutely. then fill in the details <laughs> and analyze yes. it. But we're just not going to spoil it first. Yes. So, uh, anyways, the, the concern there was, oh, yes. but I guess this is just maybe like a... You know, just a, a first playthrough kind of thing. No, this is a deep analysis. We're just going to get to those points We're just analyzing when the story it's revealed. As it's revealed, yes. Not and, before so. And um, that's funny how you get to episode five and think this is a blind analysis, but whatever. <laughs> um, the fact that they've come back again frees us up to at least explore the possibility that this is not about Blitzball. Right? No. Clearly... They're kidnapping for a separate reason. Yes. And it's not just about Blitzball. And they've really been hammering that point now a few times along the path. Isaru and the Ronzo and yes. now that's happening here. Someone is making the summoners Al disappear. The Albed are capturing yes. and kidnapping uh, kidnapping summoners. Yes. Why? We don't know why yet. We don't but, know. But we're leading to this. So, so, so. It's a blind playthrough. We don't, know, <laughs> we don't know what's going on. We have no <laughs> I never played this game before, have you? Oh my goodness, dude. Yes, so there is an, an alternate reason. We just hadn't learned that yet. And yes. we will explain that and do more in-depth analysis on that point when you learn it. Yes, it, it doesn't does. have to happen you know, during the Blitzball tournament in Luka. So, anyways, 
you swim down there, you fight the thing. It's the same Machino yeah. thing from earlier. It, it's kind of funny because they just have like bandages on it and things like that. They just go like I did duct taped that, it I together, just, right? Oh, I should have made that connection. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. That's great. And and she is held in like a little sphere, so she's yes. like yeah, yeah. It's like protecting her so outside she can of breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, anyways, you fight that thing and you rescue her and you go back and. And Waka's just complaining about the Albed again, you know, just, yes. you know, what are they doing, you know? Not really um, in his defense, though. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, they they are kidnapping the most important person in all of Spirit. So it's yeah. like, okay, um, maybe what's wrong with you people, right? Yeah. Uh, he he kind of takes it to this level that makes everyone uncomfortable. They're all kind of silent as he's sitting there just continuing to talk about it. I think he uses a term. So it's, it's not just that he's... Um, it's not just that he's mad that they're if they've done what they've done. He says something about those sand rat something or yes, other. Yes, there's a specific he has like some a kind slur, of, like slur yeah. for Albed that he uses. Yeah, yeah. And everyone I th- gets. I think I think it was mud blood. I think that was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everybody gets really uncomfortable about that, and this is where Titus notices specifically Yuna really uncomfortable about this. Yes. And so he he tries to calm him down. And, hey, mm-hmm. what's the point of complaining about it now? Like. You know, just kind of let it go. Yeah. You know? As long as we're here, you know, we're do our job. She's going to be right. fine. Like, and and he gets him to kind of shut up about it. And and she Yuna mouths, mouths thank yes. you to him, right? Yeah, yeah. For for getting him to stop being racist towards Albed <laughs> for a moment. No, but but it's weird. Uh, but having just been, for for all we know, having just been almost killed by somebody. To it's there's obviously other things going on at this point, sure. but it's an interesting situation. Yeah. It's just really funny. It's it's like okay, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> that it's so that he's necessarily completely unjustified in being upset. In yes, and I don't know that he, Yuna is the way that she's like. Oh, thank you. That was ridiculous. It's like they almost killed you. You know that, right? Yes. But like she's well, all she's. I know, <laughs> <laughs> but she's. <laughs> Because we meet Ryuku like right away, so it's yes. like okay, Ryuku was not trying to kill Yuna, but for all the player knows, for all she was. Waka knows, and, and for all Waka knows, yeah. but also the player specifically. The player, <laughs> it's a strange scene when things haven't been revealed yet. Yes. To to see Yuna being like, come on, can, gosh, Waka, can you get him to please shut up about how those people just tried to kill me and and how they're so bad people. Um, it feels strange to the player, and I do like that you learn something pretty quickly right I away. Think, I think, like, I don't know. There's how, something. How I would explain it is this: like, he's generalizing every Albed for being this kind of thing, and, and maybe we the do thing know they're uncomfortable Yuna, about is yes. maybe there is some splinter Albed group who's doing this summoning, <clears throat> kidnapping stuff, but to. To paint the entire Albed like this okay, fair is the uncomfortable part. Given that it's her father or Her mother? uncle. Her Sid. uncle. Yeah. Yes. But right. was it her father or mother who was her mother Her was mother was Albed. Yes. Um, yeah, because her father was Braska. So her mother is Albed. Yes. And so him generalizing is what made her uncomfortable yes. because he was talking about her mother. Right. That makes a lot more sense. Yes. Although she literally just survived being killed <laughs> and maybe shouldn't be so worried about. Yeah. I how, think, how mean he was I to think, the people who tried to kill her. I think, at least to the way I, I read it, was they got uncomfortable when he used the Albed slur. The slur, Not so much about the, oh, I can't believe these people, they just tried to kidnap Yuna. That part yeah. of it, I feel like they were 
more or less understanding about. It's right. when he used that, it's, I can't remember what he said, something about sand rats, something or other. Yes, yeah. That they all shut up. They were like, all right, dude, like, uh, stop it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Fair enough, that makes sense. That that helps it fit in my mind a little bit better. Um, real quick, real quick, there was one more thing I had to say about oh. the city that was built over the river. Yes. That's a great story. Like, that really yeah. would make a good Bible story. Oh, like, yeah. it really would. Yeah. But... Um, Here's the thing, and and forgive my my pro Yevon musings for a moment here, but I believe somebody says, and possibly Lulu, because we ask, yeah, what'll happen if you guys use Machina again? Like, what's the big deal? And the answer is that war will rage again if yes, they use Ma right. Machina. Mm. That that's technically correct. Yes. So. The, the machines were about to destroy the world. Yes. And oh, when it comes to Japanese telling stories about technology destroying the world, understand that nuclear bombs are a big part, part of, of the, the Japanese history and why what they mean when they talk about this kind of stuff. Like, a lot of times the nuclear bomb is so present in their culture and in their minds that when they're talking about Machina being used to destroy the world, like, yeah, nuclear bombs, right? We're going to be talking about Nausicaa <coughs> yes. right after this. Once again... Oh, on Patreon. Yeah, Subscribe on Patreon <laughs> if you want to hear our thoughts on Nazca Valley of the Wind. Yeah. But war will rage again and it will destroy the world yeah. if they use Machina again. Yeah. It's like a catch-22. Mm -hmm. They're in this rigid world where they're under the authoritarian thumb of, a, of a, a theocracy. But at the same time, if they try to use machines to overcome their current situation, it will escalate to the point where nuclear bombs will start annihilating everyone, annihilating everyone again, True. like all over again. Like it's likely correct that that would happen, given that it was previously about to happen. It seems right. So they're technically right about at least that. in I the just version. I wanted to kind of throw that out there. Like there's some nuance here. At least in the version of history they've been told. Ha. Huh. Yes. So you, you get off on the other side. Yeah. And um, and we're off the yeah. shoe puff now, right? Off the shoe puff. You're yeah. kind of traveling towards Guado Salam. Yeah. And you meet Riku along the way. She's just laying there on the freaking shore. And somehow we saw her before anyone else. Yeah. Tina's she's kind of in the lead, yeah. I guess. She's in her all bed get up. <laughs> I love how his first thing he says to her, lying there on the ground, you're not dead. <laughs> This <laughs> is really funny. Oh my gosh. And she's like, no thanks to you, kind Tetis. of a thing, right? Yes. And it's like, and you he's tried like, to kill me. He's what like, what are you talking about? I didn't, I didn't try to do kill anything. You. And she reveals she was piloting the machina that they yes. fought that had kidnapped Yuna. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, it's like, well, you attacked us, right? I think I. And I, she I goes, oh. And, and then she says, "It's it wasn't it wasn't what he thought. It's, yeah. like, it's not what you think. Yeah, we weren't trying yeah. to harm her. Yes, right? that's what she says. Because yeah. he's like, you were trying to kill her. They're like, no, we weren't. It's all a misunderstanding. Yeah. Which is like, a, <laughs> who would believe that? But everyone believes it. So anyway. Yeah. So at that moment, I mean, Titus is kind of caught between a rock and a hard yes. place. Because, it's because like, oh, their people are coming. I like you. Yes. You were my friend who helped me. Yes. But you just told me you tried to kidnap Yuna. And all of these people, if they hear that, they're are guardians freak out. of Yuna. So, like, yeah. what do I do? <laughs> yes. Right. So he's kind of flustered. Well, she takes off her outfit. Yeah. Right. And I guess puts it far away to where no one sees it because <laughs> it's Albed. Right. Insignia. It, would, it would look like Albed. Yeah. Get up. Yeah. And um, she does yeah. kind of have her goggles like draping on like around her neck, which is kind of funny. But. There are a ton of questions, but at the same time, 
they are addressed, which makes me wonder. I can't remember exactly where they go with this. But Titus does say, he points out, he goes, I don't know why Waka didn't realize he couldn't tell she was an Albed. He was an Albed. And I, because that's what I was saying. I was like, how does Waka not know? If you're racist, you, you like know the thing. Yeah. (laughs) It's not just an, you can't be racist against an abstract principle. You're racist against, you know, phenotypes, like specific things that are manifest physical things. But he can't, he doesn't know an Albed when he sees one. He doesn't know one. And so, well, I, it's confusing, but Titus does bring it up. Titus says, I never, I didn't understand why Waka didn't, Realize that she was an Albert. Yeah, so there's a couple I'm things. Getting to this. ahead of myself. A couple things to this, because um, yeah, like he explains, Titus explains right away. Oh, this is Riku. She she helped me. <laughs> well, first he's like, she's an Albert. <laughs> he like almost blurts it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's an Albert. <laughs> and then catches himself. How how Waka does not pick up on this is beyond <laughs> me. It's like almost the first thing he says. She's an Albert. <laughs> Fetch. <laughs> it's really funny. Oh, I love that. That is great. Um, that is so funny. But Waka, and then he goes on to say, "Oh, she saved me, and you yeah, know, yeah. like before I found, before I met you, you know, she was the one who rescued me." And and his response to her after hearing that is incredibly telling. Like he says, "Wow, so you like owe her your life? What luck meeting you here, yeah? Yeah. Praise be to Yevon, and he does yes, the whole of thing. Of course, of course. So Riku, you look a little beat up. Are you okay? He's like all concerned." Yeah. He doesn't realize she's all out there. All the signs are so there. So the yeah. way he's treating her is like his normal happy-go-lucky Waka self, not yes. his racist Waka self. Yes. So, but but is he really racist though? He doesn't know what an Albed even is. Well, here's the thing, and I, I guess we kind of touched on this earlier. I was, when, as I was trying to figure out like what's the difference physiologically between an Albed right. and the other people that makes them a different race. Something about eye color. It's not just eye color. Did you notice because when when um, when <laughs> the girls pull Riku aside to talk, right? And she does her thing, her weird, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> Yuna oh, yeah. asks Aaron whether or not Riku can be a guardian. Yes, she wants, right away, she wants her to come And in. notice what Riku is doing. She's not making eye contact yes, with him. She She's turning, she's kind of turning her eyes away and from Aaron. And Aaron specifically says, and look Aaron at me. And says, look at me. Yeah. And then you see her eye. The eye isn't just green, there's a spiral like like a uh, little symbol or formation in her eye. I never saw that. Let me let me pull up the scene so you can see. Does she never about. look at Waka? Like ever? Well, I don't know if he knows because Albert always wearing goggles. I don't know if he knows that that is like a So he's racist thing. against goggle wearing <laughs> yes, individuals, not necessarily Albert are. I mean, fair enough. That's a good answer, actually. Right? That's a good response. Okay, uh, hold on. Uh, final fantasy. So he's never ten. actually seen an Albed before. He like just their sees the eyes goggle or their face. Those goggle people. So, yeah, so yeah. he just looks at them like, I don't know, sand people or something. Right, with so like the, you could probably imagine the, that... The, the in, costume is almost like what... Yeah. Right? You could uh, almost imagine what he is imagining is behind those goggles. Like the horrible monstrosity that the Albed are hiding behind their suits and goggles that he is imagining isn't just a person like him. Yes, right. Mm. So, okay, well, here it is. We'll but he, it my, my point still is that he doesn't know. It, it, it's funny to me that she has goggles draped around her neck and he doesn't recognize that. And that's like that, that the most telling thing yes. about Albed. Is the goggles. The, the costume of Albed yes. is the goggles. And she's got goggles around her neck. 
She also seems to have a gun holster on her freaking leg. But anyway, so, so every I think that's indicative of Albed, of Albed physiology, but also you're in a world called Spira. Yes. Right? So the spiral is reflected in her eye. There's probably some, something to that. Something I think. to that. I have to think about that yeah. a little. But how come the person? How come Waka? How come other people know about what the Albed look like behind and their Waka goggles? Waka doesn't know that. Except for the one who <laughs> is the most racist, the most them. upset with them, and probably has researched all about their hideous blasphemies and heresies because they killed it, his brother. It, my thought or on not, that, I mean, I'm just guessing. My thought on that is sometimes the reason behind why you hate something is it's not I don't know, logical, so shallow, it's not rational. Or so, yeah, that sure, it, sure. It, it, it's just the idea of the thing. Right, as itself. opposed to the thing itself. Yeah, yeah. And so he, he probably honestly hasn't like spent a lot of time studying about Albed culture. I mean, right? I doubt there are books on that. Because it's the fear of a thing right. that, that so then makes you, you hate it, it right? Right. But like when you actually ingratiate yourself and learn more about it, then you it become dispels reasonable. the illusion and like, right, it's the thing you don't yes. know that you fear. Yes. The yes, more yes. you learn about it, the less you would fear it. So maybe he's doing this on purpose. He's purposefully keeping his distance yeah. from knowing anything about them so that he can hate them with his full yeah, spirit. and that could be a subconscious exercise. Either, sure, but, I, w I wouldn't say he's doing it on purpose. But I think it's likely that Waka hasn't learned anything about the Albed, okay. which leads to why he's so fearful of them. Okay. And why he hates them. Fair enough, fair enough. I like that. So, to me, that can help make sense of how he might not know this thing that Auron would know, and that he's not paying that much attention to it. He just assumes you're not an Albed because I don't see the costume on you, therefore I like you, and he just doesn't think you that know, hard about You know, I mean, he's it. not like the deepest thinker. Yes. He's just kind of a go with the flow kind of guy, so, all right. Which is, anyway. Okay, so this is kind of the end of where we said we we're gonna play to this week. Oh, oh I oh. said, <laughs> I wrote down, I don't think the word racism is quite right. He's prejudicial, that's for sure, but he's more of an anti-Bedite. <laughs> it's more like anti-Beditism. <laughs> than, than, you know, actual like racism. racism. But you're right that there is maybe something technical about the phenotypes and the physiology that make them a different make race. it a race technically. I don't yeah. know. Uh, I like how when they announce that Riku's going to be the new Guardian, that Waka says, well, I'm all for it. The more the merrier. Hey, right, right. And that's where Titus says it was strange. Even though Waka had always hated the Albed, he never realized Riku was one of them, right? So... Really good stuff, and, and that's going to kind of continue to build <clears throat> as we keep going on. There's a lot more to get to with that, but that's yeah. where we uh, decided to stop for this week. So, yep. Let's just, salam next. Let's just respond to maybe a couple comments and then do a, a very short spoiler discussion because there was, just okay. a, I think, just two things we had touched on yes. that you want to explain good. a little bit more of. So, let me pull up uh, some comments from. This would have been episode five comments we're responding to here. Um, did, there were a couple that you already brought up. Were there any that you yeah. saw that you really liked? Oh yeah, there were a bunch, but it would take me a minute. Uh, first off, somebody mentioned we missed a cutscene in episode five. Go back and look at Dude McGuy's comment on episode five. 
because there is a, a, an optional scene that we miss that he talks about there, and he has a link to it in his comment, so you can go watch that if you missed it. Um, and you can kind of read what some people are saying there, so we'll maybe circle back to this later. Um, but yeah, that, that was a good comment. It's one of the highest rated comments on the, so it should be pretty high up in, in terms of its order. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go look for that one. Sindanez Duskwind is talking about how the Hooded Child appears in a, some of the other flashbacks from earlier, in particular the scene where Titus's mom is telling him, oh, why do you hate your dad so much? You know, if, yeah, he, yeah. if, if, uh, if he dies, then you'll never have a chance to tell him that. You know, that little mm -hmm. thing, the, the, the Hooded Boy is also there in the background. So he's always there, it seems. Yes, he's been there for yeah. a long time. Yeah, so that was uh, an interesting thing to point out. Oh, we got this a couple times, so um, I I'll bring this up. Uh, talking about the we're not taking chances mm, thing. Okay. Well, okay, so what the other person had said, but there were many people who brought this, this particular point up, was that they're not taking chances that the Albed will actually keep their word. That, 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 that they'll actually give Yuna back especially in light of what we know that That's the Albed are saying. doing they're, when they're kidnapping. Yes. Intentions, yeah. Yes. So we're not going to take any chances that they will actually give Yuna back to us if we lose the game. That makes sense in light yeah. of things you've learned later. Yes. It's less apparent right at, the, right at that point in the game. Yeah. yeah. I guess if they had uh, introduced the idea, oh, summoners are disappearing, be careful, mm. before that scene, like, they could have put that together. Maybe they're the ones, I don't know. Jeremy Mack, 18. Lulu says, if they're only Blitzball players, I doubt they'd do anything drastic, but we shouldn't take our chances. Let's uh, go get her. So gotcha. contextually, it makes sense to take the chance, uh, to not take the chance of underestimating how far the Sykes are willing to go. Anyway, okay. actually, that actually wasn't the one. That makes sense. So Anyways, there was just a bunch of people who brought that up. Cool, cool. Okay, Good we to gotta know. move into spoilers now, because it's just impossible to read comments without spoilers. Everyone likes to spoil this game in the comments. <laughs> so, oh. Um, I will put where to play up to next time in the pinned comment. So look there for that. Okay. Uh, see you guys next week. And now to spoiler section. Peace out, spoilers. There were two things we brought up in the body of the podcast I yeah. wanted to touch on. One was... At the temple, right? At the temple of Jose. The Jose temple. The symbol of the fireflies is there, and you guys can find it in the Besed temple. And it looks like this root structure. These roots and these sort of thorny, but slightly jagged, but also a little bit curvy. Mm. roots that produce this special thing called electricity. And mm. it comes from the pyreflies, right? Yes. And the pyreflies are what power the world, right? And it comes from the, the roots that turn the pyreflies to electricity. It's this root system that kind of does it, right? That, mm. that creates the electricity from the pyreflies. But pyreflies are used as energy. And that is the far plane, right? So... If we're in spoilers, I guess I can just come out and say it. Yeah. But looking at the design of Seymour's long flowing robe in the back, you see the jaggedness and the curves and the look of the the root system yeah. that is associated with fireflies in the far plane, yeah. right? And the Guado Salam is where the far plane is at. And Guado Salam, which has those same roots growing all over, right? It's that yeah. tree symbol. But the other Guado tend not to actually have that on them. It's yeah. just Seymour. And the other character who has that, other than Titus and Jack, have something that looks like it with the J, with their the symbol, you know. Um, but they've got a special thing going on in terms of whether they really exist oh, sure. <laughs> or not. Yeah. But 
So it's still related, but it's not the same. The other character who has that symbol on them is Aran. Yes. On Aran's shoulder, he's got that yes. root. Those are the, the two firefly symbol. characters who yes. are actually fiends. So right? it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. But they do give you this hint. If you can connect the roots from the far plane with the pyreflies that provide the electricity and power mm -hmm. and realize that that symbol for the pyreflies, which represent the far plane, is on two specific characters that happen to be revealed later on to be dead people, to yes. be fiends coming from the far plane to rule or to do whatever they want to do, I guess. Yeah, they weren't ready um, to pass yet. No, but they have that symbol on them. And that was so intentionally put there by the artist. And it's really cool because it's it's an eerie similarity that you know, Aran and Seymour have together with each other. That's like they don't want to have anything to do with each other other than that. This brings up a question for me. When Yuna's doing all of her sending, why is Aran not sent? So Aran isn't present when she does. Because I, I actually already finished the game with my wife. Yeah. So I've done that and I'm going back now and, and I'm re- like, so he wasn't in the party at Killica, or Killica. He was not there. For that sending. For Killica. But she's doing sending on the beach yes. in Nihen. He, he is standing at a safe distance. Anytime she does a sending, it's actually pretty clear. He's he like is really purposefully away. getting away from that. Because you see, there's a point later where she tries to send Seymour. And Auron is like, peace out. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they it's, make it's a point a, to make, make sure Auron is Yes, they make a point a to ensure distance that, that Auron is sent. not anywhere near there, right? Yeah. Auron is quite separate from wherever she does her sendings. Mm. That's, that was uh, an interesting touch. But yeah, I like that that symbol's there. I like even more that that symbol is and the present at the Besed Mandala, which I will get into later <laughs> because yeah. it's at two places in the Besed Mandala, and it's very meaningful there. It's very cool. This guy, James Bevan, is talking a little bit about why he thinks Lulu is um, so disrespectful to Waka publicly but not privately, right? Yeah. Um, he says, she loves Waka but doesn't want to admit it to anyone or even herself because it may look disrespectful to Chapu's memory. So he thinks that mm. maybe she has some feelings towards Waka and he doesn't, she doesn't like that fact, right? By putting Waka down in front of everyone and praising Chapu, she's reinforcing that denial, if that makes any sense. I've seen it firsthand in real life, so that's how I looked at it anyways. Interesting. Uh, it could be. Um, I can't remember if in Final Fantasy X-2 anything ends up developing. I almost forgot everything about the freaking story of X-2. <coughs> I only know this due to the comments section, but yeah, her and Waka, her and Waka are together in Final Fantasy X-2. Oh, they are? Yeah. Oh, According okay, so to a comment that I read. I have not played X-2. Oh, that was what I was wondering, because okay. I wanted to say that, but I, then I started checking yes. myself, but like, maybe yes. I'm wrong. Okay, yeah, so that's a good way to look at it. She's yeah, developing yeah. feelings for Waka, or has, and she feels guilty because that's Chapu's brother. It's kind of an awkward thing. Yeah, yeah. Makes total sure. sense that she would try to do that to reinforce it to herself. Totally. This one comes from Sean. He says, commenting again because I just finished the video. Great podcast as always, guys. To touch on the parallels of Yuna and Titus again, like I mentioned in episode three of the podcast, I'll try to stay away from spoilers in this. But the journey that Titus and Yuna go on together is so interesting because of the whole point of the pilgrimage and the end goal of it. What Yuna goes through at the and the price she ultimately is willing to pay to give Spira's people happiness even for a short while is exactly the price Titus pays to achieve that ultimate goal. Again, no spoilers, but for those who know, you know what I'm talking about. Yuna being reborn as a summoner parallels Titus' rebirth into Spira. And what's crazy uh, is that whole parallel. Titus playing the fool in a fool's journey while Yuna plays the hero, 
Ultimately, yes. they are two sides of the same coin, much like the whole sun and moon motif. There are so many parallels between Titus and Yuda, it's no wonder why they end up together. And I would love to hear you talk about them at the end of the podcast when everything is out in the open. Um, I like that. Um, there was that that was mentioned that as soon as Yuna was becoming a summoner is when Titus um, was brought to Spira, right? Mm-hmm. And they both kind of had their moment where they, you know, came back into a world reborn as a new a new thing yeah. together at the same time, you know, without knowing it. Yeah. One thing that I think is interesting on that point about her perspective is yeah. because she knows she's going to die she could almost want a romantic connection because oh. it's like the last chance she'll last have chance. at this. Interesting. It's another reason why I think Lulu mm. might have been like okay with allowing Titus to go oh, if sure. she knows that Yuna likes Titus because it's like yeah. for her sake to have a budding romance before Fair her enough. Death. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Gosh, there's so many comments, man. I wish I could get yeah. to them, guys. I really do. I'm, I'm just sitting here scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling. It's just, just more and more and more. And we have so many people who are like really thoughtful, you know, they're leaving these really thoughtful comments. And uh, I, I wish we could make more time to like respond to more of them. I mean, I'm still doing it. I'm like, I'm still scrolling down. There's still more. It's just crazy. Well, I freaking love how engaged people are with this. And, yeah. you know, I was active at least on the first day the podcast went up. I was re- responding to comments and I read them all. Um, I'm going to go back and read them all again because I love how... Um, there's a lot of really creative people in the comments <laughs> and a lot of really good ideas. And, and every now and then there's something that we missed. And so I really value the, the comments that you guys are putting in there. They're really I, good. I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I just saw one that I hadn't seen yet from Howling Sphinx. Uh, <laughs> Mike, the Roman Empire hasn't been around for a long time. Um, he's trying to connect the, the, how Donna like went really, really quickly into the next sentence, right? So, like, you believe what, uh, the Roman Empire hasn't been along for a while. Case and we're leaving. <laughs> you believe which one? Case and we're leaving. <laughs> I love that. Funny <laughs> stuff. Oh, that's great. Anyways, <clears throat> yeah, there's, it's just endless. There's just so many, so 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 many comments, and we really appreciate them. So, we do. It's awesome, and we read them all. We just can't call attention to them. Yeah. In the episode. Every time. Okay. Not all of them. The bottom. A couple of them. Take a jump. Um, now now yeah, open all I mean, the replies like click by, show more. <laughs> by the time that we would have gotten to the end not responding to any along the way, it would have just been, man, it would have felt like so many people didn't get a chance to like say yeah, what they yeah. want to say. So we're trying our best is what I'm trying to we do. Are, we are. We got to talk about Nasca now. We do. Peace out. Subscribe on week. Patreon if you want to see it. If you want to see it. Peace out. See you.